In just a moment, I'm going to read from John's Gospel, chapter 21. I invite you to turn there so that you'll have that ready. Uh, This is the concluding sermon in the series, uh, Because of Christ, Everything Has Changed. We're thinking about following Christ as our preferred future uh, setting sail. And uh, this is the second uh, of those those statements of our bold and audacious future that we are dreaming of. And uh, this is the second in that sermon series. And next week, I'll start another sermon series on uh, authentic relationships. Uh, the messiness of authentic relationships. And so I want us to focus one more time on this theme of uh, discipleship, following Jesus, what it means uh, to keep on following and what that means for our future as a congregation. Before I read the scripture from John's Gospel 21, beginning in verse 15, I'd like you to bow with me for a word of prayer. Our loving God, we thank you for the rich experience of your presence in worship Uh, that we've already had, and we pray your continued wisdom and truth to come into our lives through Scripture and message. And we thank you for hearing our prayers collectively as a congregation. And Lord, we acknowledge that this is a time of national turmoil with our presidential election and all the the other elections. We acknowledge that this is a time of, of very high emotion and bitter partisanship in our nation. Help us, God, in the midst of this to be your calm and faithful people. May we continue to hear you and your call to a deeper patriotism, uh, one that is about loyalty to your kingdom and your way. And as followers of Christ, help us to always remember we have one Lord and one God, and so that we may bear witness and be salt and light uh, in a time when the people seem so uh, confused and so panicked and anxious. We thank you, God, for attending to the needs of our congregation and our world. We pray for peace in the world, for your protection over the military everywhere. We pray, God, for those in our congregation who are ill, those who are facing treatments and surgery, and for those who are grieving all kinds of losses. And, God, for those who are dealing with challenges at work and in the home and in their personal struggles for freedom. And we ask, God, that you... Comfort us and guide us, instruct us, and now open our hearts that as a congregation we may set sail together into a bold future of following Christ in a way that really makes a difference, not only to us, but to your world. We offer our prayer humbly in the name of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. Amen. I invite you to stand as I read aloud from John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 through 23. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old... You will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you 
and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I don't know how it was when you were growing up, but around my house, whenever my parents used my full name, that usually meant I was in trouble. It usually meant I had disappointed them. Doyle, Max, Sager, as if there were any other Doyles in the house. I mean, why would you need to be that specific, right? And uh, we did the same thing when we raised our kids. There, there was an awful lot of Joel, Dennis, Sager, you know, when, uh, when things wouldn't go right. And you've probably experienced the same thing in your own life and with children and grandchildren. Well, Jesus addresses Simon Peter in this scripture that we just read from John 21 in a formal fashion in the Hebrew in the Palestinian tradition, uh, to call him Simon, son of John, was a very formal sort of address. And I think Simon Peter knew what was coming. And of course, Jesus addressed him this way because Peter just a short time before had denied Jesus three times right before Jesus' crucifixion. And now Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? And with each question, probably the pain and the discomfort and the sorrow in Simon Peter's heart grew ever more, uh, ever deeper as he thought about that betrayal and, and the three questions, do you really love me? And it's painful, isn't it, when we have to acknowledge that we've disappointed ourselves? And it's, and it's especially painful when we realize that in disappointing ourselves, We've disappointed others, and we've disappointed the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never easy. It's never pleasant. And yet, sometimes we get so focused on the failure that we can't see anything else. Since this is Major League Baseball playoff season, I thought it would be a good time to revisit the life and career of Red Sox first baseman Bill Buckner. Uh, some of you who are baseball fans will remember that exactly 30 years ago this fall, Bill Buckner was playing first base for the Boston Red Sox, and he was playing in the World Series, 1986, and uh, a ground ball went between his legs in extra innings that allowed the Mets to win, and the Mets went on and won the World Series. So in, in one argument is that Bill Buckner's mistake cost the franchise of the Red Red Sox, the World Series title. Now, here's the sad thing. Bill Buckner had a great baseball career. He had 2,700 hits. He, he was on an all-star team. But if you mention his name, almost, the, almost to a person, the only thing that people remember is the 1986 World Series when he let that ball 
go between his legs. And after all, we're talking about it right now, right? I just, it just occurred to me, I hope Bill doesn't have any relatives in this church. Uh, you would really feel badly, I'm sure. You see, a mistake should not define our lives. A, a sin or a failure should not be all that there is to say about our spiritual journey. And how sad is it when so many other things happen in his life, but that's all we can talk about. And the Apostle Simon Peter was facing the same kind of thing where he began to think that the only thing that would ever define his life was the, the three, were the three denials of Jesus. And I'm sure he was ready to give up. But you know the great thing about Jesus is that Jesus not only sees who we are, Jesus sees who we can become. Jesus can see what we are becoming. He can see our potential. He can see our heart. And He can see all of our life, not just the mistakes. And so, when Jesus asked those questions, Simon, do you love me? Uh, And Simon answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. You might have expected Jesus to say, you're fired. And and he might have said, you know, Simon Peter, I love you too, but I can't trust you anymore. I love you too, but, uh, but you're washed up. You've lost credibility. But he, he actually did the opposite. He gave, Jesus, he gave Simon Peter a job. And so if you're here this morning and you feel like you have no place of service in Christ's church or you have no ministry, or you have no future, or you have no, you have no blessing from God because of something that happened in your life, or just because of your own spiritual weakness, you need to know if God can use Simon Peter, God can use all of us. Because God is in the business of restoring lives. I love the story about the little boy who was asked to help lead vacation Bible school worship. Uh, many of you will remember the way we used to do Vacation Bible School was uh, to begin with the joint worship when we processed in. Uh, and each morning, the Bible school director would pick a different child, one to carry the Bible uh, for the pledges at the beginning of worship, one to carry the American flag, one to carry the Christian flag. And it was such an honor to be asked. And this little boy was asked by the Bible school director to carry the Bible it was a big Bible school, so he felt really privileged. He was standing down front when they were doing the pledge like he was supposed to. He pushed the Bible out. But just as he was looking around at all of the people, he decided to just sort of change the way his hands were arranged. And as he did that, he dropped the Bible, and all of the children started laughing. And he felt crushed and humiliated. And he had his head down the rest of vacation Bible school. And then it came, night for the, it came time for the parents' night, the, the family night program, when they came on Friday night to see all of the craft work and to, to participate in the joint service. And lo and behold, the Bible school director came up to him and handed him the Bible and said, you're going you're gonna to carry the Bible again tonight. You're the Bible bearer. And his eyes got big because he realized, even though he'd made a mistake, he got another chance. He got another job. God was going to use him even though he dropped the Bible. And how many times do we drop the Bible 
And yet Jesus comes back and says, feed my sheep. Three times to Peter, he's recommissioned, just like three times he denied and three times he was asked, do you love me? And it's important to remember that Simon Peter was not only forgiven by Jesus, he was restored by Jesus and he was recommissioned by Jesus. And when when Jesus Christ's grace is working in our lives, he not only forgives us, he restores us and he recommissions us to a new task, if we're listening. And I want to tell you, one of his new jobs after he was recommissioned, the lead apostle, he got to preach on the day of Pentecost when thousands of souls were converted. Now, do you suppose he got up that day on Pentecost, opened his Bible and said, glad to have you in church today. I'm going to be preaching from the prophet Joel. Do you suppose he paused then and said, and by the way, I'm Simon Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times. I'm Simon Peter. I I messed up. I'm not really worthy to be up here. I'm a failure. I'm a fake. He didn't have to do that because all of that was in the past. All of that was paid for and gone. He was forgiven. He was restored. And he was recommissioned. And then it's so interesting as this conversation goes on with Jesus that Jesus warns him, now, you know, as you get older, there's a tough future coming for you. And uh, a lot of changes are going to come, Simon Peter. But through it all, Jesus says in verse 19, you follow me. It's imperative, present tense. And the literal translation is, you keep on following me. It's not just follow me right now. It's you keep on following me. And then Simon Peter wants to say, well, what about him? We think he's talking about the Apostle John. little rivalry there. And Jesus said, you just don't worry about him. I'll take care of him. You, imperative, intensive, you keep on following me. Isn't it interesting that after all these years and all these experiences... Simon Peter hears the same word from Jesus as he heard at the beginning of discipleship. The same call today as he heard the first day he followed Jesus. Follow me. Not a new message. Not a complicated message. Not a different message. The same one. Follow me. The follow me's of discipleship. No matter our age, no matter our life experience, God is not finished with us. God continually gives the call to keep on following. Now, as Baptists, we've we've messed that up. We've focused on a conversionist theology that talks about giving our lives to Christ at revival or vacation Bible school as if that's the only follow me in our lives. But two men... Uh, Dennis Owen and Samuel Hill did some research uh, on 20th century Baptist conversion theology and discipleship. And they did some research and they came up with the conclusion that evangelicals like Baptists have been peddling a consumerist, born-again movement, frozen in the hour they first believed. I want you to think about that. (coughs) Creating a kind of consumer theology of born-again commodities. But But the only testimony we can give is that we 
at one time followed Jesus or we started or we heard the call once and then frozen in that moment when we first believed. Nothing else has happened since. But the call of Jesus is dynamic. There's a continual call to follow Jesus in every experience of life, every stage of life, every age of life, every circumstance of life, to keep on following Him, no matter what. So I'm going to say a word this morning as we sort of bring all four of these sermons on following Christ, because of Christ everything has changed. I want to, I want to, I want to say a word to the person who is here this morning who's never given life to Jesus Christ, never repented, never surrendered your heart to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and invited Him in your life to be personal Lord and Savior. Now you might think this morning, looking around, everybody has trusted Christ. You don't know that. We, we have seekers and we have curious people every service. Some of you here this morning who've never trusted Christ are holding back because you don't want to be a fraud. You don't want to be a fake. You don't want to be a hypocrite. And you're basically saying, I've not yet given my life to Christ because I'm afraid I can't live up to it. And I want to say to you, then join the crowd. None of us can live up to Jesus. But the Christian life is not making promises and then externally trying to follow an example. The Christian life is the invasion of the living Christ into your heart, and Christ comes to live inside of us because we can't live up to it. Jesus Christ's power comes to live inside of us to forgive us and to restore us when we fail, not if we fail. That's what it means to follow Jesus. I want to say a word also to new believers. And I would define a new believer as someone who within the last five to seven years has given your life to Christ. You have maybe had the first blush of uh, success and joy and power, and uh, then you made your mistakes. You got discouraged, and you feel embarrassed, and you feel ashamed. Simon Peter reminds us that we all stumble and fall, but Jesus is there to remind us of our first love, to dust us off, and to hand us the Bible again and give us a new job. Now I want to say a word to veteran Christians, and that's probably most of us here, those of us who have been believers more than five to seven years. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted from following Jesus. Like Simon Peter, we say, well, what about him? What about her? How come they have it so easy? Well, how come they get all the attention? How come, how come they're successful? How come, you know, I've done the same things, but my life hasn't worked out. Jesus said, quit worrying about it. Don't worry about them. You follow me. You Follow me. Just follow. Just keep on following. And like this experience with Simon Peter, we get worried about the future. Declining health or changing circumstances. Jesus said, you know, Simon Peter, your life's going to change. 
used to go where you want to, and one of these days you're going to be lifted up on a cross. You know, we don't control our own destiny, and we don't control anybody else's destiny. So Jesus says, just trust me and follow me. Trust me and keep on following. And you know, there is this problem that happens the longer we're Christians. When we fail, when we stumble, sometimes we just get bitter and cynical. But Jesus warns us, don't get bitter and cynical. Come back to your first love. Answer the question, do you love me? And keep on following. I want to show you a quote by Brennan Manning. He's been quoted several times in this sermon series because he has so so many good things to say about following Jesus. He talks about the second call in the Christian's life. And he said, now, now think about this. He said that often the second call in the Christian life, he's not talking about getting saved again. He's talking about a deeper, higher call. He, he says the second call in the believer's life usually happens between the ages of 30 and 60 when we hear the second call. And he said the second call is a summons to a deeper, more mature commitment of faith where the naivete, first fervor, and untested idealism of the morning have been seasoned with pain, rejection, failure, loneliness, and self-knowledge. In other words, that first blush of romantic, naive success of the Christian life has given way to bitter failure. But it's in that bitter failure that we mature as disciples because we know that with one hand Jesus is leading us and with the other hand Jesus is pointing the way. And Jesus says, keep on following me. So this morning, I want to know Are you going to be one of those believers who can look back on your life and say, I'm so glad I rediscovered my first love? Are you going to be one of those believers who can honestly say, I kept following Jesus? I didn't just start, I kept following Jesus.